0: This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Father, we thank you for this day, another day to live in the land of the living. And it's a new mercy. You are long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And from there, you want to build us up in the most holy faith. And you have a heavenly purpose for each and every one of us. I pray that you will now reveal yourself to those who are seeking diligently to know of the will of God. We want to know your will, we want to know you. We want to hear your voice, we want to move forward in the commission of our life that you have from eternity past, you knew what we would be. You knew who we would be. You knew what we should do. Help us to do those things that we were born to do. May we live in your will, Father God, and know you, the living truth. Let us know you, Lord. You're coming back. And your sheep will hear your voice when you crack the sky. They will know of whose they are we shall know you for we shall see you as you truly are we thank you lord may we know you right now before that time because we need to know you right now to make it there i thank you lord in jesus name amen i thank god i thank god we thank god for moving by his spirit we thank god that his spirit cares to yet hover above and then Shower down and then fill each and every one of us again. Thank God for new fillings. We thank God that he is yet revealing himself as the living truth. And we want to see what he's saying now. He's making me go into a fourth part of this series, which will lead into the close of this calendar year. And we want to be always in pursuit of him and we want to know his purpose. So, he's given me direction and inspired me to call this part of the sermon series, In Pursuit of Heaven's Purpose, sermons regarding that. Today, we want to initiate this part. This is the introductory message for this part coming from the book of Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 139, where we will be Looking at what the whole psalm has as a theme, but we are focusing mainly on one verse from that psalm, Psalm 139, verse 14. In the King James Version, we'll be reading to your hearing, where it says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Bring wisdom, Father God, as only you can, by your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. When our spirits are regenerated by the Holy Spirit in the process of being saved from our innate sinful state that we are born in, the spiritual gifts given to us by Jesus that we use according to his eternal will for our lives, those gifts help us. To recognize how special, useful, and needed we are in his body called the church. He blesses us to become blessings to others. We're not to just hoard this thing and keep it to ourselves. I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell somebody else. I want to let the world know that Jesus saves. Amen. Amen. See, this is not based on age, chronologically speaking, or whether or not you uh, did something to earn it, because we can't earn it like that. As we continue to pursue God's will for our lives, let us be encouraged to examine and also re-examine our emerging role as individuals and as fellow congregates at our local assembly and those listening to whatever local assembly you may belong to, or that God is trying to lead you to. We gotta think about that. Ourselves, how we're developing, and how we develop as fellow congregates in a local assembly. That's how we look at the big world around us. That's the peace that's helping the rest of the world have meaning. So in the grand scheme of things, always know the Lord, always move in his will. You have to say, if God before me, who could be against me when you're moving forward? Because you're going to have haters out there full of the devil. They're going to try to block you, my God. But you got to know whose you are and move forward in Jesus' name. You got to know the will of God for your life. Amen. That's why the Holy Spirit will help you, inspire you to know the vision of God, the mission of God for your life. Have you written a vision statement? Have you written a mission statement for your life? Maybe God has to to tweak the one you wrote years ago. I know this church, we wrote some. Amen. And uh, sometimes you got to review them. You get to a new stage in life. Ah, and there's a sign. You thought it said over the hill, so you back up, and you say, oh, yeah, it did say I'm going over the hill. My God. Now I got to think a little different about this here vision and mission in my life. <laughs> Thank God. Why, why do I still have a pacifier in my hand? Yikes. Get rid of that. <laughs> Thank God. Put away what? Childish things. Let's move forward in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. I want to share with you six main character traits God knows about us that we need to know about for ourselves so that we may be who we are supposed to be on his team in his family called what the church knowing these things will help you to get on with the business of effectively advancing his kingdom. So let us examine Six main traits for people of divine purpose. Six main traits for people of divine purpose. Things happen in your life, and there are scriptures for that. The Holy Spirits, yes, there are scriptures for that. For the good of them that what love, the Lord, who are the called, according to what His purpose. Amen. God is a purpose God. Thank God. There are books out there written written about purpose. But some of those books have theological error in them. And you have to be... You know, ever so mindful when you're reading, judge these spirits by the word of God. Make sure it's the unadulterated word of God, because there are some theologies out here wherein men are trying to sculpt their own God for their own purpose, but it's supposed to be according to God's will being done on earth, what as it is in heaven, He's supposed to give us our daily bread and feed us accordingly so we could walk. Every morsel, everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God should feed us so that we'll know how to walk in all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will what? direct our path. Amen. So we thank God. Let's look at Psalm 139. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the theme of this particular psalm. Looking at 24 verses split up accordingly. Verses 1 through 6 are going to help us know what people of divine purpose diligently do. They will diligently submit to God by worshiping him with what they do. That's verses 1 through 6 are going to be dealing with that. Worshiping him with what they do. Everything you do. And verses 7 through 12 we split it that way. Those verses are for people of divine purpose, diligently submitting to God by worshiping him with where they go. See, where you go does matter. Verses 13 through 16 are for us to realize that God expects for us to worship him with who we are. So, people of divine purpose, diligently submit to God by worshiping him with who they are. You have to realize that. That's the third thing. Verses uh, 17 and 18, worshiping him with what they think about. We know God loves to help us with our thinking. Think on these things, he says in Philippians, right? So as a man thinketh, so is he my God. Uh, Verses 19 through 22, worshiping him with what they love. What you love does matter. Mm. And finally, verses 23 and 24, worshiping him with what they desire. You are the desire of my heart. Songwriter wrote that amen years back. I think it was Vanessa Bell Armstrong. You are the desire of my heart, my God. You are the source of my strength, Richard Smallwood, my God. We have to know about our purpose. Are our emotions based on heaven's purpose? We have a soul. See, we, we, we get lost in the sauce sometimes. We think our uh, ambitions, passions, emotions are saved, we have to save them, amen. We have to make them holy. The soul has to be spoken to. The soul has to be taught, shaped. My God, the soul has to be directed. The, the soul has to be stymied and hindered sometimes. The soul has to be encouraged sometimes. you got to put a little fire under there so the, you could get moving. Sometimes you got to put ice, water, and, ex, and fire extinguish some, of, some parts of your soul. My God, it's about stoplights. It's about green lights that make you go, yellow that make you have caution. My God, you know, I I was listening to Lisa one time. She was talking about her mother learning to drive and get the license. She was uh, quoting the book. She said, uh, you have to come to a complete stop at the stop sign and then proceed with caution. Amen. I said, I think my mother is like that meticulous So I said, the saints need to think that way. If God says stop, you come to a complete stop, not a rolling stop. Folks get tickets for that out there. You got to stop all the way. Then proceed with caution. You have to watch and pray. Watch and pray means caution. You don't have faith. You don't have to be so cautious. No, you have to have caution, though. You know? They like using the scripture, be anxious for nothing. So nobody should be saying they have anxieties. You're not saved. What? Anxieties come upon us. It doesn't mean we're not saved. But there are challenges out there. Amen? And some people say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Stop it. Because saved people get stressed. You have to learn how to what? Manage your stress. You could say, I'm too saved to mismanage my stress. Maybe. But just because you say don't mean you have knowledge. Amen. And you got to sit down before the rabbi long enough to get some. Amen. Sometimes we think we arrived. I'm saved. You can't speak to me that way. No, he can. That guy has a certificate and he's able to teach you some things. God said, seek wise counsel. So I went to school and learned about insurance. I became a, an insurance agent and everything and helping people. I knew all the ins and outs of that. Did presentations and then I thought I had some group coming in and signing and getting their insurance and all of a sudden I, 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 I saw that um, they backpedaled and the monies went south on me. <laughs> and then I, I, I questioned the group. Well, our, our pastor said this and that. This pastor has no certificate or nothing about it. And, uh, but they listened to that some faulty teaching about the policies my god and some of them weren't ready when it was time for them to go and now they got to scrape up money here and there and everything but god wants us to have wisdom about life amen sometimes we seek wise counsel they may not necessarily be saved my god that's in the scriptures but they know how to do the mortgages right. They know how to do this right and that right. You can't just say, are you saved? Well, I want to listen to you. No, they know about things. God said sometimes you got friends that are like that. You pray they get saved. (laughs) But amen, but you got to know that wise counsel is there for a reason. God is wise all the way wise. Nobody's wiser than him. He's what omniscient Shouldn't we allow God to guide our steps? Or are we going to go with our own innate sinfulness and try to guide our own steps? How are we going to pick ourselves up and place our feet on solid ground? God has to do that. Amen? Amen. So let's look at verses 1 through 6. So if you are working on being diligent and, and being faithful to the Lord, Psalm 139 is where you need to be. It's going to encourage you if you are trying to hide from the Lord, though. Guess what? This psalm will make you realize that you are fighting a losing battle. People of divine purpose diligently submit to God, number one, by worshiping Him with what they do. Verses one through six. Worshiping Him with what they do. He knows you personally and He knows you intimately. That's what knowing God is all about. You have to allow him to come in and speak to you. Yes, supernaturally, you need to have an experience of sensing his presence in your inner core, in your soul. He's speaking to you. He's giving you signs. He's giving you a vision, a dream. My God. And you heard him speak inside your heart. And that was a different voice. It was a voice that, yes, it convicted you. It made you feel Guilty, but not in a dirty, dingy way, in a way that's saying there's better for you. I didn't create you for that. Come up higher, my child. Amen. And it was different. My God. It wasn't condemning like that other dark voice you used to hear. My God. That's the devil's voice. My God. And the devil could speak through people and situations. My God. The devil could speak through the legal system. He could speak through government. He could speak in our communities. He can speak through music and movies uh, and other media, but God will come. He's not going to condemn you and call you all kind of dirty names. He's going to call you by your name. He has a name for you. He what? Fearfully uh, and meticulously, marvelously made you. In other words, he was very, amen, cautious with doing it right. He does what? All things well. And he made you perfectly the way you ought to be. He knows you, your very hairs on your head. He knew number, hair number 1,999.999. He knew that hair was gonna fall out on September 1st, 2021, whatever. Yep, there go that hair, boom, there it is. God knows everything about you. Here come the first gray one. I know she's gonna feel upset about that. Here, boom, the gray, there it is. Oh, she picked it out. Another one coming in three weeks. God knows everything about you. He even knows how you ought to eat for your body. Sometimes we exercise like the other person, but you can't always exercise exactly like another person because their body type might call for certain things that your body type can't take too much. Amen. So you have to exercise and eat and everything according to your body type and everything. My God, he made you. There's a certain biochemistry in you that may not be exactly in me. You drink all of that and nothing happens. I drink it, but boom, I get all big and everything. Amen. You could eat a lot of donuts. I passed by the donut shop. didn't even eat anything and gain weight. My God, I said, I didn't even eat the donut. <laughs> Some stuff you could do, I can't do, and vice versa. God knows us. What you do is important. He knows you, so don't try to fool him. Be open and honest with God. I told God certain folk I don't like. I can't get along with them. Help me to love them, my God. I can't love them right. Give me the love for them. You ever pray to God like that? You know, god got big shoulders. He's not scared of your little feelings. He knows what you're feeling anyway. We may as well be open and honest with him. I say, Lord, that tore up she's on my last nerve. I'm about to do something, Lord. He say, calm down, calm down, calm down. And I got my calm on before him. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I won't pull out her weave, Lord. I won't pull it out. Thank God. Be open and what? Honest with God. And then learn how to rest in his love. You're going to be in his presence. You're going to learn. you got to rest in his love. All of that agitation, my God, is going to come to naught as you rest in his love. And the anointing around his presence will what? Destroy that yoke of bondage that the devil's trying to lock you in. Meditate on 1 John four eighteen later. And you'll see more about that. But God's eye is always upon us and we have nothing to fear. God is not a fearful kind of God, like scary, like some scary movie kind of scared. But he brings the old-fashioned word fear where there is reverence and respect. Yes, there's reverence and respect. There's a certain way to approach him. Yes, yes, yes. You will humble yourself before him because he's the God that can take you out. Amen. I brought you in this world. I can take you out. But he wants to take you out correctly. We gotta allow him to do that. So what you do is important. He does it from a loving perspective because he wants our best, eternally speaking, amen. Let's go to number two, verses seven through 12. Worshiping him with where they go. People of heavenly purpose, it's important. What a comfort to know that God is with you and cares for you. We got to approach people that way. You can't walk around with a big Bible and a megaphone all mic'd up. All of you dirty sinners, you're going to hell. You need to come before the throne of God. They don't want to hear you. Is that a condemning voice? Yes. Did God say to share the gospel like that? No. No. We're all born and shaped in iniquity. So stop acting like you're not part of that. Speak as though, yes, you're one of those raggedy people. All of us have issues. We have problems. How have you ever thought about this, thought about that and did this and did that? I'm one of them. I know about it. God has helped me. I know he can help you. You show them in the scriptures. Yes, the gracious way. See, it's better that way in loving-kindness. Do it from a loving perspective. Amen. If God gave it to you, amen, I'm sure you, you can share it like that. It'll be a comforting word saying, yes, there's a better way. God expects better from you and for you. Whether you go up or down, east or west in this world, guess where God is? He's right there. He cares. For us, you could meditate later on uh, Hebrews 13 5 to think more about that. But think about this sinners try to hide from God, but believers hide in God. See the difference? I want to rest in Him. Hide myself what? In Him. Beneath the shadow of His wing. Amen. Go to the secret place of the Most High. Amen, and God will shelter you and And as he's sheltering you you're not gonna say the same because you're in his presence and he's surrounding you and he's trying to fill you With his goodness take out the stuff that you don't need and fill you with the goodness That's a process and he's trying to help you be who you are So yes, where you go does matter. He wants you to to now go to where you're going to be helped, not hurt. Go to where you're going to be, you know, healed, not hurt. Thank God. And if you're frequencing places that are full of things that are going to hurt you, my God, reconsider that. Amen. For God wants you to be guarded and guided by him. Let your feet be uh, uh, guided by him. Amen. You can't wake up one morning and say, Oh, I feel the spirit. He, he has, ha, has inspired me to go over here to the strip club and just to immerse myself in the presence of all the naked people. Stop it. That is not God's spirit. My God. You need to judge the spirits by the what? Holy word of God. We get people with some weird ministries. They're out there and God said, I did not send you. Depart from me, as a matter of fact, I don't even know you. And some people, you know, they got gifts. We all get gifts. That's not with repentance. God just blesses you meticulously and marvelously where we may, and he gives you giftings. He's like that. We could call him the, what, prodigal father. Kind of seemingly wasteful, right? It's like he's giving his pearls to worms. For such a worm as I, at the cross, at the cross, remember that song? And he's given us all these precious heavenly treasures in what? Earthen vessels. We're not worthy of God, but he blesses us like we are before time. While we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. Amen? So that's how he loves. And he's loving you ahead of time that way. Thank God. We need to think about these things. Number three, verses 13 through 16, helping us with this wisdom, worshiping him with who they are. Yes, who are you? You can't necessarily look in the mirror. It's the woman or the man in the mirror. I got to, you know, make that change. What change? Conducive of being your own self the way you think you ought to be without God's wisdom? I think not. God made you, not you yourself. God made you planned your potential, and ordered your days. This is not some kind of blind, fatal faith that hurts you the way people may think. It is the wise plan of a loving father who knows what is best for you specifically. We have to accept who we are as his gift to ourselves then use it wisely as our gift back to him. Amen. Learn to entertain the God of the house of God. We, we say, I'm going to the house of God, but are you entertaining the God of that house? He's El Bethel. Amen. Are you entertaining him? Are you just sitting waiting for him to entertain you? Sing me a song, Jesus. Uh, Make some multiplication of the fish. Come on, show me something. Can you split the sea? Come on, show me something. No, but we're here to what? Entertain him. He's done enough. He's said enough. Now it's our turn. Amen. We need to reciprocate the love back to him. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. And Now let's love back on him. Can he get some love and attention? Hallelujah. He's here to guard and guide us back to glory. We may as well give him our undivided attention in our body, soul, and spirit. Number four, verses 17 and 18, we got to get this wisdom. Worshiping him with what they think about. The psalmist that wrote this, that was inspired, pondered the thoughts of God and in this way cultivated the presence of God in his life. Do you think about God long enough for him to cultivate uh, his presence in you? Make it you know, his own place of residence? Are we squishing God in some closet? You just stay in there, all right, don't go no place else. I didn't say for you to go down the hallway, just stay right there, God. Then we could do all matter of other things. So we're trying to do some kind of duality, you know, trying to have a multiplicity of personality. But God said you need to have one mind, not a split personality. Stop compartmentalizing, Amen. We got to be holy for God. Holy means he has made you whole, not splintered. Amen. The psalmist pondered the thoughts, and he's picturing that we ought to do the same thing. God will come in, cultivate his presence in our life. Uh, If you want to know more about that, think about Philippians 4, 8, where it says, you are to meditate. What? On these things. Think on these things means to what? Meditate on these things. Not just while you're in the four walls of the church and then, amen. Okay, that's over with. Time to party, party. Now you got the, uh, the other mind. So you got two minds. My God. But learn from the old soaps. One life to live. Amen. And it's for all his children. Amen. Another old soap. Number five, uh, verses 19 through 22, worshiping him with what they love. What do you love and who do you love? My God, take these words to heart. You who love the Lord, what does he want you to do? There's a comma there in the scripture says, you need to hate evil. You who love the Lord, hate evil. That's in Psalm ninety-seven, ten. See, the Psalms talk to each other. The psalm, This Psalm says something, and the other Psalm says, yep, don't forget, if you're going to love on the Lord, you got to what? Hate evil. You can't love both. Because in another scripture, in the New Testament, in 1 John 2, 15 through 17 is teaching us, love not the world. That's the secular humanistic world. That's against God's mind. They want their own innate sinful mind to progress. But God is saying, that's not the mind I intended from heaven. Your eternal purpose is not in that. You need a new mind. I will give you a new mind. I will transform you by the renewing of your mind. Yes, you got to be born, what? Again. That which was born of the flesh, yeah, that's, a, that's fleshly. But you need to be born, what, of the spirit of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't be perplexed and confused about this. You what must be born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number six, verses 23 and 24, worshiping him with what they desire. What do you desire? You may not know your own heart as well as you may think you do. As revealed in Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, I'm going to read it from the ESV, English Standard Version. We don't know our own heart as well as we may think we do. It says here in uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful, listen at that, See, that's a revelation right there. The heart is what? Deceitful above all things and desperately sick. In uh, King James, desperately wicked. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. See, we have to realize the devil tempts, but what does God do? tests. Big difference. The devil's trying to throw you off, but God is trying to bring you up. Amen. He's going to show you what sort you are, and then he's going to remediate you to what you ought to be in the first place according to the eternal standard of God's will in heaven. Amen. So he tests you. The devil tempts you. He says, nah, you don't need all that. Come on over here and try this. If it feels so good, don't say no, say yes. See, that's temptation. My God, So it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. In other words, you need to let God search you and deal with the things that make you anxious, things that throw you off, things that have you outside of God's will. Let him lead you. He knows where you ought to go. Amen. So what you desire is of the essence, your heart, the inner core of your being. What you want, my God. Think about it. Is it a godly want? God created for us to want, but you need the wanting that's holy. Amen. He has to change your taste sometimes or control it so that you're not, amen, doing it in an untimely way. Sometimes teenagers want to live too fast, too furious, and and they're too curious. My God, it just makes parents furious. (laughs) I knew, because I was 12 going on 20. I just want to try stuff. Mr. Wanna try everything. Uh, My mother had speeches for that. My God, my dad too. When I didn't want to listen to my mom, she'd wait till your father get home then. I said, okay, nope, nope, too late. Go in your room and wait for him. Thank God I'm looking at the clock. Oh, Lord, it's almost time for me to be dealt with. (laughs) I shouldn't have opened my mouth. Too late. God gave me a mouth to want to say something. But see, I'm up here saying things. It was already set in motion in eternity past that I'm going to be saying something. And then I would proceed to try to change my father's mind. And he would say, don't contradict me. One of his favorite speeches to me, making me learn Ephesians and uh, uh, Corinthians and Colossians, all the scriptures that make you obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the first commandment with promise that thy days may be long upon the earth. You know, I just know it's like in me. It's in my DNA now. Thank God. But, uh, God is not just some kind of a tyrant. He's looking out for our best. The eternal best. He created us. He knows why and how, you know, what he made us for. And we have to allow him. We have to trust him to do it. It's going to seem, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to taste different. It's going to sound different. We're going to be like my father was saying to me, "Uh, God, don't contradict me. I know how I feel and how I was born. Ever since birth, I had this feeling. But God said, no, you're going about it all wrong. We want to tell God, don't contradict me. Then we want to tell God, don't judge me. Really? He's the almighty righteous judge. Seriously? When you die, you're going to face him. Eternal damnation, eternal life with him. Hmm. I think I want to get right with God. It's a no-brainer. Amen. We are in a mode, church, of self-examination, as you can tell, based on what? The holy will of God. So we need to begin to ask God in prayer and personal prayers and in our midst of uh, congregational worship about how God wants to shape each and every one of us. Everybody needs God's help in becoming holy how he intends, but we must stay submitted to him and allow his spirit to deliver us, to teach us, and to what? Guide us. In the individualized process, we need to experience our necessary changes. We can't look over our shoulder, oh, our sister, look! oh, she's done already. God's saying, nope, sit on down. I'm not done with you, though. Amen? And vice versa. We can't judge it by others. We got to let God tell us about our own self. Amen? So the test of making our individualized calling and election sure and also maintaining genuine holiness unto the Lord is what this revival is all about. Amen. It's an ongoing process. It's not just some kind of order of service. We're having a revival meeting today. But God is walking in our lives and he's all the time trying to revive us. That's the revival I'm talking about. So this is a season of renewal and revision as pertains to our our destiny and purpose as individuals first, and then also as fellow congregates as we pray. We are seeking to be holy, Father God, in all our endeavors that please you. May we be pleasing to you, Father God. Hallelujah. We want you to be pleased with us. In that process, when it is worked the way it ought to be worked by the move of your Holy Spirit, we will be then enabled by you to be transformed, and our minds that we were born with will be renewed. Our spirit will now, amen, be regenerated, given life that you intended for it to have, we will no longer be stillborn, but we will be born again. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we're born with a soul. We're born with a body. My God, but we need that spirit part of us to be made alive. The Bible calls it quickened by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. Come in, O Gus. Most of us have been quickened already. But we need more of you, Lord, more less of us and more of you. Take all of me, oh my God, change me according to your will and purpose in heaven. I know you're able. We want to be transformed by your spirit, oh God. Enable us to be in alliance with your eternal purpose. This we pray in Jesus' matchless name. Hallelujah. We thank you. We of the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website, God bless you.